Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for letting us into your ears today. Kianda Crow was in the studio and he has a lot to say. Viral fame and a whole lot more. This kid is killing it. And, and uh, the story behind his hit record, it's called I'll Be Waiting. The story made me cry. He's going to share it here right now. But the conversation uh, t- today is being delivered to you by GoPuff. Come on, try out GoPuff. They're the best. I use them every day. Anything you want delivered to you pretty much instantly. And if you're looking to save money, I got you. Use Zach10 when you're checking out. And you'll save $10 off your first two orders. Electronics, booze, snacks, home goods, whatever you need. They got you. GoPuff is making the convenience store way more convenient. Download the app. Get whatever you need. Right to your house or your studio instantly. Zach 10, use it when you're checking out and you'll save money. Here's Key and Decrow. Hello, beautiful human. I'm Zach. That is Dan. Hello. Um, I, 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 dude, I don't want to fuck your name up, brother. <laughs> Can you just say it? Key and Decrow. Key and Decrow. Wow, that is so gorgeous when it's said nicely yeah. and properly. The butcher is bad. Some people, uh, <sighs> they always butcher it. doesn't matter what, where you are. Key and Decrow. That is really nice. That's Thank nice you. Name. That's very kind. Is Most that, people are like, what is that? Is that real? <laughs> yeah, it's fully real, yeah. Yeah, not, not like picked out of a book or something. Kean's Irish. And, well, I couldn't uh, tell. And uh, Ducrot is French. So it's actually Kean Ducrot. But we're not going to be that annoying guy who's like, excuse me. <laughs> like, you're going to have to say the Irish <laughs> accent and then switch to a French accent that way through my name. So it's just Kean Ducrot, yeah. I mean, you're going through it right now in a very real way. I don't mean going through it like in a bad way. Like you're not going through bad things, but you're going through a, a, a serious life change, right? Yeah, pretty, pretty life changing. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Do you fear that what is happening right now with this record that you put out and all that's coming with it? Yeah, is has the ability to be permanent, or do you fear that it could be fleeting? Um, it's a good question. I like to believe that it's permanent and that I have the ability to make it permanent. Um, Fleeting is an interesting one because I I believe like it's a lot of it is in your control. Like I feel like everything I've done up until everything I've done up until now has been pretty much 100% in my control. And so I'm not sure if, I mean, anything can happen. It could just disappear. But I feel like I do have a lot of control to be able to make it continue but I'm also not afraid of it sort of going down and if it goes back you know like I know that it's not just always up the whole time it's kind of up and then down and then you know you you just don't know so like if you're putting out another song it could do worse and like I funnily enough like the, the the record right now that's doing really well was following my first song that did really well um, which was a song called All For You. And after that, I was like, oh, how do I do that again? Like, that's impossible. I can't do that again. Like, how am I going to make, how am I going to have another successful song? And then I was just like, 
you know, I'm going to try everything I can do. Of course, I would never just be like, oh, I don't do anything. But, but what can you do to at least attempt to have another successful song? Because you've done it, right? Like, I'll Be Waiting is the biggest record to date. Is that correct? Yeah. And that comes after the song you were just talking about. Yeah, All For You, yeah. So what did you apply from the first record into I'll Be Waiting? Um... I think just like I was just persistent with like promoting it and uh, sharing something real. Did, and did you already have the record done when the first one was on its way up? I don't know. I think partially, maybe. Yeah, I think it may have been already written, um, but it was. I just I had no idea that it was going to do better than all for you like the previous record I just was like probably won't uh, I was honestly with myself I was like it's not going to do as well but I'm fine with that and then it did way better so I but I just like yeah I just was like I know what I did with the last one to like promote it and that's kind of the same mindset I had I was like no one's going to do it for me so I just have to figure it out and do it myself and think of ideas and think of new ways to promote it and, and showcase the song and um and it worked and then yeah I don't know it's working so it's really promotional strategy that you're applying to the records it's not really artistic um I guess it depends like I'll always my music's extremely personal so I find it hard in a way to promote it in the right way because I feel like a lot of promotion now is often you have to I don't know there's a trend of you know like being in your car and playing your song and being like this is a song I wrote about and like I can't do that I can't talk about what I wrote my song about in like three words because it's it's just like really personal there's a lot there and so I just try to think of like well how can I make people want to listen to the song and maybe connect to it and that's what I think about and if I love the song then I want to put it out and then I think I often think about like promoting music like if you have a really really great movie and you've got a really bad trailer, nobody's going to want to watch the movie. Um, and if you've got a really great movie and a really good trailer, everyone will want to, and vice versa. You can have a very bad movie and a very good trailer, and loads of people will watch the movie. And so I kind of just think, like, just because I feel like this is a good song doesn't mean that I can just be like, well, it's an amazing song, it's going to do well. I'm always like, well, if I don't, if I don't make a good trailer, like, no one's going to care. Like, there's millions of songs going out every day. Like, who's going to listen to my song? So... Is that realization hard because you're connecting it to something that's so deeply personal? Mm. Like, does it like does it lessen its connection with like does it? I don't want to say cheapen, but like I don't. It's hard. Yeah, to I know say what that, you're saying. Yeah, like you're taking something so deeply personal and you're like figuring out how to not commercialize it, but at least try to let it reach people. I don't know. Well. I think for me it's pretty simple like if I didn't want if the music was for me I wouldn't put it out in the world like if I was just writing songs that are just super personal and they're just for me I would just keep them and I would listen to them I would never show anyone but I never really think about it that way like the moment I've written a song and it's done and I've got out of it what like I wanted to get out I'm just like yeah, it's super personal, my story's in it, but the song is no longer for me at all. Like, it's, I, the only reason I put it out into the world is 
so that hopefully it can help other people. And the only way it can do that is if people hear it. And if it'll help them, it's purely by them listening to it and hearing it and connecting with it. And I think whatever way of doing that, I think, you know, there's certain things that I wouldn't do, of course. And like um, everything is always like my own ideas and my own sort of ways that I feel I enjoy to promote music or whatever and do it in a fun way or whatever that is. I'll Be Waiting fucks me up. <laughs> really? Yes. It's a beautiful song. Thank you. Sorry it fucks you up. <laughs> no. I mean, it, it hits in the right way. Yeah. I'm obsessed with the type of music you make. Thank you. Um, highly emotional. It just, I just, I, I get it. I feel it. I understand it. Do you... It's so sad, though. I do feel like the type of music that you make goes in waves of weird popularity, and because it's slower in tempo, it's harder to get out to the mainstream masses, mm -hmm. and it really bums me the fuck out. Really does. Yeah. Like your song's hitting, and it's popping off, but I think it should be on radio stations all over the country. Uh, they see radio stations all over the country. But, like, you know, it's, just, it's a different flow now. It's weird. So when you write music for other people, what do you want them to feel and understand? Do you want them to, uh, like for me, like I, I apply my own life to the song. Yeah, absolutely. I'm waiting for somebody. Yeah. My own somebody. Yeah. I'm assuming you had a somebody? Yeah, so this song was about my dad actually. And so when I was a kid, he was like a terrible person and he never showed up when he was supposed to show up, I guess, in a lot of situations and I think when I wrote this song, I was kind of going through a realization of, when I was a kid, like I knew that my dad wasn't a good person and he had done many things that made that very clear. But when he didn't show up, I was still upset by it and I still wanted him to care. And I think as I got, as I was growing up and you know, that relationship ended and I was becoming an older kid and teenager, I kind of felt guilty for having ever cared and been upset that he wasn't there because I knew he was a terrible person and I knew all the bad things that he had done. Um, yet, as I got even older, I kind of realized it's actually okay to feel those things when you're a kid. Like, there's no wrong way to feel. It doesn't matter just because your dad's a piece of shit that, like, you can't want him to show like, show up, you know? I wanted him to show up. I wanted him to care. I wanted him to love me. So but he dad. didn't. Yeah. But do you, when you look back now. Yeah. And you see where your life is at and where it's going. Yeah. Would you have wanted it to be any different? Absolutely not. There's small things that I would change, but would I would never. Would you be a different person if your dad showed up? I'd probably be a really terrible person. Yeah, because he'd be around. Yeah, absolutely. But that song is, it's funny because the song is called I'll Be Waiting, but like I'm definitely no longer waiting, but there was a point where I was and that's where that perspective is written from it's that kid who was waiting and I wanted to say like it's okay to have been there you know there's nothing wrong with that do you want him to hear it not really I don't really care have Maybe. you thought of if he has or not um I don't know to be honest he probably wouldn't even know it's me probably wouldn't even recognize my voice and he probably wouldn't care either so like I yeah I just don't doesn't really matter to me if he hears it or not like Having a clue. At what point in your life do you stop waiting? I don't know. I stopped waiting. I stopped waiting pretty quickly, I think. I think it was, but it was gradual, mm -hmm. you know? You, you, 
you always wonder maybe like will he show up and actually apologize and own up to what he did and accept that he was wrong and you know even just make an effort but he never did like he never cared and anytime we tried to make an effort he was just like pretended like he had never done anything wrong and then he was this saint um so you very quickly kind of realize that those aren't you know you just you stop waiting how does it feel to take all of that and turn it into a record that yes touches people but also like in the same time is making you probably more money than you've ever made before in life is that fair <laughs> to say I've I've no idea. I probably won't see any of that until like next year. So well, it will show tell up you. eventually. Yeah. Oh, um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's taking it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't I like so many things that you don't really think about. Like I don't really don't really think about it, a lot of it in that way. Um sound yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I guess it's such a crazy thing that you can take something like that and then it becomes something like that. That can change your life. That changes your life. Yeah. So, um, but I guess that's always the way, I guess I always kind of knew when I was going through a lot of that, that I was going to be here one day or I always believed that. And that's kind of what kept me going and made me realize like, it's going to be okay because I know in the future that. Yeah, but how'd you know? Like, what kept you so focused? I had the same focus in my life, but I can't put it into words. So I'll, yeah, you, I, you answer. I don't know what it is. It's like just this inner feeling that you, that, I mean, there's a mix of things. I would actually dream it. Like I'd go to sleep yeah. and I would see it in my dreams and then I would wake up and be like, well, that was the best thing ever. I have to do that. But then also, I think it's probably a little bit of insanity where you just genuinely believe, like some part of you is like, I was born to do this. I'm meant to do this. This is going to happen. And you believe it so much that you just don't give up. And that's probably the only reason you get there because most people give up. And I think if you're insane enough, you keep it's trying. True. I tell people all the time, consistency is everything. Because the second you stop swinging, that one swing could be the one that changes your fucking life. Yeah. Don't stop swinging if you feel like it's meant. It's what you're meant to be doing. 100%. And I think if it's what you're meant to be doing, you, you never will stop swinging because mm. it's what you want and you do it for free like were there any validating factors though that like it came into your zone that did give you just a sign that like you were on the right track outside of success i mean even before the the successful records yeah i think as a kid like there was a lot of um i got a lot of validation from people around me my mom was and is like a professional classical musician so i grew up in that background and i did classical music like my whole life and I was around a lot of sort of high level professionals that as I was growing up, I got a lot of validation from them, you know, in many different ways, whether it was to do with the pop side or the classical side or my performing side or my whatever it was. And so I think like that was very helpful as well. And sort of hearing from peers and people that I respected that they thought that I had whatever, you know, the thing to make it or, you know, I was good at whatever I was doing at the time. Um, but I also just like loved it so I didn't really care I was just going to do it anyway and I think I also quickly believed that like or realized that like you don't need to be the best or like even think that you're the best you know like there was many times where I was like yeah I'm okay at singing you know and I can write good enough songs and whatever but I don't have her voice or his voice or his songwriting or whatever but like I can keep trying anyway because it's what I love doing and it's what I believe I can do. When well, at what age did you write your first song? Um, uh, I think I was maybe 
I feel like I wrote a song when I was in primary school, when I was maybe like, I say like ten or something, and then I had to go around and like play it for all of the classrooms. <laughs> um, but then I wasn't like kind of seriously writing until I kind of like had the first time I thought I was you know in love, and then I was like trying to win this girl over. So I was like going to the talent show, singing songs for her, all for a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Gee. did it work? Uh, yeah, for a while. <laughs> Sick. Sick. Just about. I mean, that is power, right? So that proves to you the power of a song. Yeah, 100%. In a very real way. Is yeah. there like a high involved with that? Like, do you first, like, I mean, you must... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, of course there is. And like, you... Yeah, there's a huge high involved in it. You know, you create something and it can win somebody over. You're yeah, from like, nothing. Yeah. It's Sick. Mad. It's very cool. When was the first time you performed on the street? Just kind of walked out there and started singing? Um... Maybe when I was like 13 or something, maybe a little bit before that. Uh, I just wasn't able to get any jobs. Like nobody, no, like I needed to make money and nowhere would hire, like who's going to hire like a random kid to like make money or whatever. So I was like, well, I suppose I'll just pitch up with my guitar and like sing some songs. And um, I kind of did loads of different things busking, but then it was a, yeah, a good way to make a living. Also, like, hard. The street is hard. <laughs> the streets are hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, in Ireland and in Cork, it's so common to busk. Like, every street corner, you're just busking and, you know, it's freezing or whatever and you wreck your voice. And I actually, funnily enough, I think a lot of the way my voice sounds now is because of how much busking I did and how much I probably wrecked it. Really? And that's where, like, the huskiness probably comes from. And I also had a period where I completely lost my voice when I was a kid for, like, a couple of months. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, and it, like, never... It didn't, like, come back at all for ages. And then it came back, and it was never the same. Um, did you like your voice before or after? It was, well... <sighs> Before I was like very angelic, you know, I had this beautiful soprano, like angelic voice. And then I like just one day just completely lost it. Like it just disappeared from one day to the other. And then it was for a couple of months, I just had no voice, couldn't speak. And, and then, and it's weird because my mom had the exact same thing at the exact same time. So we both lost our voices at the exact same time for the same amount what of time. Weird. Yeah, very, very strange. Um, and then it came back, but it never came back fully. It was always husky and I would lose it very easily and I think it took a long time for it to like develop into what it is I guess today. Um, I always had difficulties with my voice like so many difficulties singing how I wanted to sing and what I yeah until maybe in the last couple of years where I really started to find it properly. Wow that's yeah. like I mean that's pretty interesting because the transition like are you afraid every time there's something new that's unlocked in your voice that is not necessarily like of muscle but really of tone yeah I mean I had a huge the biggest discovery was when I stopped trying to sing and sound like people who didn't have the type of voice that I had so you know you grow up listening to like all these singers and you think you know I was I'm listening to Shawn Mendes or I'm listening to Justin Bieber who have these really clean tones and I, I can't produce it and I'm like or at least at the time I couldn't get even anywhere close to that and then one day you realize, like, you hear someone with a different voice or a different tone, and you're like, okay, wait, what, like, you don't have to sound like this, you can, and just gradually trying to sing more naturally and just, like, the way that it came out, and that's kind of how it 
developed into where it is now. Are you afraid that it could go away again? Um, I mean, I do lose it now and then if I'm like gigging too much or singing too much or like if I do a lot of like radio stuff early mm. in the morning where I have to sing, that like really messes with it. But I think like as long as I just put like the right things in place to not. What do you do? You smoke? No. You drink? No, not really. Not really? Yeah, basically I don't, no. Okay. You drink water? Yeah. That's good for you. Gallon a day? <laughs> no. I don't drink enough water on that note. I'm going to have a little bit of... That's, uh, that's, oh, God. We got to get rid of these fucking bottles. Everybody, like, looks at... Everybody recently, since Neil Young was sitting where you were sitting, we've been on this, like, uh, people have been on this crusade to attack us for having water bottles in our shots. Yeah. Why? Should. Why is that bad? Well, because it, you know it promote well water bottles kill animals and it's like you know oh the plastic degrade and all thing and everybody's like oh your shit's everywhere so many people are seeing it like you're subconsciously whether or not you're really like whether or not you really know it you are subconsciously telling people that water bottles are okay and I do understand with what the fuck they're saying but like you know we just got to order some flasks yeah. <laughs> that works. Boom. <laughs> Cans maybe. Solved. Oh uh, yeah. Well you know I've been doing oh you know glasses. We're going to do cans. Liquid death keeps hitting them. Cans. We'll talk about this later. That's a big deal. I know. I know. Uh, when, when, you're, when you were busking, first <laughs> off, what did you learn from busking? And also, if you didn't have the voice like Shawn Mendes, Justin Bieber, what were you singing that you could kind of, that your voice worked for? Um, <clears throat> I sang a lot of Ed Sheeran. Okay. Uh, I would take a lot of Shawn Mendes and I would just bring it down a little bit or whatever. Um and I sorry your previous question was what, what you, did I learn yeah, was what did you it learn from it everything man like performing is everything the more experience you have the better like you know now I go out and we do these videos where I go out in public and stuff and like I think I would not be able to do that if I hadn't just like I mean I'm still scared but I'm like I know that nothing can happen because I've done it like a million times and so I always just try to sort of recreate that feeling and uh yeah busking is good like i i've met a lot of people who are like oh, i've never bossed and i'm like what like that's crazy to me that you could be an artist and i've never bossed because i just grew up around like if you had a guitar and you sang yeah. like you bust in ireland that's just the way it is like even in in the uk you basically you basically busk like this it's just so quite a common thing to do yeah, to but there's make also money. a lot of competition so how do you cut through i don't know I, no, I don't know. You don't really. I, I guess it cut cut through in what way? Like make money on the street, well, or yeah, like because like you could be singing on one corner and then another guy could really be across the street. No, I guess you just hope that the other guy is shit and that you're a bit better. <laughs> like you're just like uh, you know, and you're just like it's gonna fucking keep singing hallelujah because and <laughs> and fast car Tracy Chapman get them bucks in and but like I would just like you know I skated loads like growing up that was like my sport and I would you know be going to the skate park and I'd be starting to have some food so I would just quickly like pitch up my guitar like sing two songs and then I would have like seven or eight bucks and I'd buy oh, like really? a Subway sandwich and then I would oh, wow. you know and then I'd be like free lunch because like I literally it's not even my money it's like her money she just gave it to me all I have to do is sing a song which is free so it Sick. was just a good feeling to do that and all of my friends were buskers and we did it, it all you know we loved it like Patrick's Day we would just like crowd the streets and everyone would stop and we would be standing on pillars like singing all these songs and it's a great feeling like it's a fun it's just like you know it's just as good as any other gig you know if anything it's harder because you got to get people to mm -hmm. stop or care so it's 
I guess maybe it's character building in a way. Totally. Yeah, you have to really bring people in. Yeah. You have to give people a reason to stop what they're doing and pause their whole fucking day. Yeah, for sure. To tap in and give you cash. Yeah, and give you that cash. It's a big deal. What is it like to direct a music video? Did that come naturally to you? Um. Well, I think I always want my music videos to be... If it, the song is extremely personal and a true story, then I want the video to reflect a true story most of the time. So it's kind of just like, I just know exactly what I want. I want to see this and I, this is what happened. And so I think it's like quite straightforward, really, when you have the story. Um, might be to the detriment, because I'd say if I just let like a director do his own thing, who actually has way more experience than me saying exactly what I want, it might turn out better. But uh, yeah, a lot of the time I know kind of, you know, if it's like I'll be waiting or whatever, I really know the story. So I bring it to whoever is creating the video and I just kind of will come with as detailed as I can. Um, yeah. By the way, if you want to watch the I'll be waiting video, we're going to put a link in the description below. Um, is this true? Like, SZA reached out to you on TikTok, not TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, but there's a TikTok about it because, of course, there has to be a TikTok about it. Yeah, she did. Is there a TikTok about it? Did I make it? I don't think I made a TikTok uh, about it. Oh my God. I mean, I saw the Instagram uh, comments. Oh, there you are. Oh, yeah, the Instagram comments. I'm watching her. I don't know. I, I don't know what you're watching, but yes, <laughs> it happened is the answer to the question. Um, is it, real? it was, I was actually. That's probably too much information, but I was actually on the toilet mm. dropping one nice. in, uh, in Soho House in like London during like a meeting with like some dude, uh, a <laughs> lovely dude, but there's no point in going into that. And I just came back and I was like, never guess who just dropped me a text <laughs> while I was on the bowl, you know, just SZA. And I was like, what the hell? Like I knew she'd, she'd followed me like a few months before. And yeah, obviously exactly. I'm like, and I'm like, I'm such not like a big like fan of current music like I really don't listen to anything that much I usually am just like but SZA I love it's from the moment I first heard it, I was like what is this it's like the best shit I've ever heard so that was just like I was like what I don't understand and then she messaged me a few weeks after she followed me and I was just like what I don't know what's going on so I still don't know what's going on and I met her and we worked together and I still oh don't know what's going on. Oh my God, you got in the on. studio with her? Yeah, we went in the studio and we worked and um, I was just like, why am I here? <laughs> like, what am I doing here? This is so weird. Did you actually do a song? Yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's exactly what's happening with who, that. Who cut rough vocals? Are you both on there? No, it's just her song, yeah. Wow. Um, and uh, I don't know. She was just like, please come to LA and help me like write my album and there was like two days left and I got here and she was like yeah I gotta like submit it like tomorrow but let's like write something and uh, I don't know I heard it I heard it might be on the deluxe but who knows um, so that's pretty crazy um, wait what? Yeah. on SOS? yeah Whoa. that's what I was told that's what she told me so again I have no idea she was like I just congratulated her when the album came out and I was like obviously our song is not going to be on it because we wrote it like the day before the album came out um, I was just you know because it was just amazing to be there I was just like this is the best thing that's ever happened in my life and I will never forget it and so I just wanted to tell her that and then she was like thank you so much like we were chatting and she was like by the way like we're bringing back this song like it's gonna be on the deluxe she's like I can't wait and I was like what do you mean like how I don't yeah so you know <laughs> I mean it might not even be on there maybe she was just telling, saying that to be nice to me um, yeah she's like the song's terrible right? yeah she's like it actually <laughs> no, but I it's funny were you I proud went, of it? 
Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I was just like, what the hell? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I ended up in that situation. I was just like, that was like huge imposter syndrome. Like, I've never really had imposter syndrome. But there, I was like, she's the best thing I've ever seen. I'm there watching her and I'm like, why am I here? And then I went back to my Airbnb and she like sent me like the demo and was like, can you put like loads of harmonies on this? Oh, so I do actually sing on it. I think like a lot of harmonies and stuff. So I was just like, oh my God, yeah. And I whipped out my SM7B in my backpack and I was in my Airbnb and I was like, ooh. <laughs> and I sent it back. I was like, hopefully this is good. Like I was, yeah, stressing. Um, most nervous I've ever been in my life was really? walking into the room to meet her. Oh my is God. that a detriment when you're about to create with somebody? Definitely. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, but I just couldn't help it. Like, you know, I've never been around somebody like, like that. Like I've never been around like a massive star and I'd never been in a studio like that with that kind of level. And I just didn't know. I was just like, what the hell? And I had just seen her on stage with Lizzo like the night before. And I was like, what am I doing here? I was in my car. I was like, just breathe. It's fine. And then I think I was like, I think I just had a realization. I was like, feeling this way is good because that's when you know you're doing some cool shit because yeah. maybe one day I won't get that feeling anymore and everything will be just like mm, boring and so I was like this is sick the fact that I'm literally shitting my pants means that I'm doing something cool and so that kind of helped me like relax a little bit and uh who knows she's like <laughs> she commented on my my video like she's always commenting on myself and I was like it's definitely not her like you know um, and then like even though like she texts me and I'm like she was like hey it's SZA and I'm like no it's not <laughs> like what do you mean it's not you and she comments on my like my video where we're announcing like the music video for I'll Be Waiting uh, where we sort of put a teaser and she was like oh my god I can't wait for this and I'm like but You're she, not gonna watch it. You no, ain't but, got time to watch my music. No, videos. but, yeah, but she, she came to you as a fan. She followed yeah. you first. I just can't like wrap my head around it. I'm just like, no, she. I don't. I don't know. It's. I'll never. <laughs> I didn't even know. So weird. I can't like comprehend it. And it's weird because I know she's just like a normal human, but I'm just like, says that. What? It just. I mean, she's an icon, really. Like, has anybody um, else reached out for a session? Um. I mean, this year has been weird. I have spoken to a lot of people where I was like, would never expect this to happen um, and it was a lot of Irish stuff at first which was quite cool because obviously I grew up on like Code Line and yeah. the script and like I had Danny O'Donoghue from the script and I was Love just like him and them yeah bro I was like what he, I just yeah I was like what the hell and he was like we gotta ride together and I was like you're you wrote the man you can't be moved like I used to <laughs> sing that like every single day like crying over this girl like I was like what like so there's yeah there's been a lot of crazy things like dudes from like Westlife and stuff Sick. and like yeah just a lot of um, a lot of that stuff uh, has been happening and then people who follow you and you're like How'd you're you like why me? are you following me actually the funniest one was recently Kevin Jonas followed me and I tried to pitch him a song like five years ago <laughs> <laughs> and so like I saw he followed me first of all I was like what the hell Kevin Jonas follows me that's the craziest thing ever and then I like checked our like DMs and I was like, I didn't remember. And then I saw this message from me in like 2019 and I was like, that's so funny. And so then I just replied and I was like, don't worry, you didn't miss out. It was a shit song anyway. <laughs> and he just str instantly replied, like in the same second I was still in the group. And he was like, bro, like I love what you're doing. He was like, so sorry I missed this. I was like, don't be. <laughs> like, it was me shooting my shot five years ago to try and get a Jonas Brothers cut. Like, um, but I, I guess it talks about a, that. That kind of also speaks a lot about like 
that journey that I had like man I sent messages to fucking everybody do like, you still have those songs that you were writing for other people in mind yeah oh my god I have them all I listen back and I'm like hmm, did you get any cut did I get any cut any cuts uh, with the Jonas Brothers no, with I just anybody. Like, oh no not at all I was close sometimes I nearly got a chain smokers caught like five years ago and that's all because um, you were DMing them yeah some people were just nice enough to be like hey man yeah I'll, I'll listen like I think it was Alex from the chain smokers yeah. he replied and he Good was guy. like he would give us feedback and be oh, like we love this can you try write a verse and stuff and wow. I mean they probably didn't really care that, but he was being super nice and like you know I think those little things give you hope you're like yeah. Just like a tiny thing, but you're like, okay, well, I'm gonna keep trying, you know. And then, uh, and then I realized that I hated pitching songs, and then I just started trying to like write with other artists as well and stuff like that, and that was cool. But man, like, it's yeah, it's crazy when you sort of someone comes into your life that you like DM'd like ten years ago, <laughs> and like they obviously <laughs> just completely blanked your DM, and then you see it, and you're like, and I kind of go like, I'm proud of that me five years ago yeah. for having stuck to it you know and and it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like that long ago i guess but yeah it's a funny it's a funny moment when that happens that's it's really special yeah it definitely is yeah by the way you, you gotta listen to all of kian perfect all of kian's music we're gonna put a link in the description below his entire discography available on amazon music what are you thinking uh back to the music video for a second what was it like kind of reliving that because you're almost watching yourself as a kid um, it's very emotional for sure. Uh, I think every time I watch the video, um, I'm, I'm quite like, it's, it's quite hard for me to watch, like without getting really emotional. Um, I think mostly because I think about my brother a lot when I watch it and my brother was older than me. And I think that's maybe one of the only things that like I would often think about if I had the changes, I wish I could have taken some of the pain away from him and from my mom. And I think because he was older, it was even worse for him and he's had to protect me so much and everything that was going on. Um, and so I, it makes me really like relive that and relive the, yeah, I think that's one of the, the hardest things for me is knowing more of the pain that like the people that I love went through at, the same, at that time, because like your own pain, you just can move on or you put it aside. But I think I'll always, I'll always have that sort of I, I'll always I think wish that I could have been the older brother so that I could have protected him or that I could somehow make it up to him for having done that for me you know mm -hmm. which I don't think I ever will be able to and that's just life but it definitely brings that um, all of that back for sure Is there any closure attached to this record? Um In a way, I guess there's a small bit of closure of like accepting my feelings that I had. And I think that's probably about it. Like, I think I've had some closure in different ways and there's other ways where I probably will never get it. I'm not sure if I need it. I don't know. Um, but I think for the younger version of me, just like being able to be like happy with the way that I was and how I felt and just being like, it's okay, you know? Is it hard to show your brother the, and, and you guess your mom the music video? Because you want to protect them, but at the same time, it's like, hey, this is what I've created. <clears throat> yeah, I don't actually really know. 
Um, I spoke to them a little bit about it when it came out. Um, I haven't properly like spoken to them like deeply about it, but I do think that they. We did speak very early on in my career about like if I was to tell my story, which is our story, mm-hmm. and how comfortable they were with that. And <clears throat> I think my mom and my brother are both big believers of like if what we went through can somehow come out the other side and help somebody else who's going through the same thing then that's like that's all you can hope for that's kind of the best result and so I think they're very much on that sort of wavelength of if you want to tell the story you should because it will help other people yeah it's like turning a negative into a positive but that's a hard conversation to have because it is so like it's not just you right you're right it's everybody else with you it's everyone else's story and I do sometimes feel guilty that I'm telling someone else's story and that they don't get to tell it, I guess, in the same way. Um, but they tell it in different ways and they're musicians as well and they show it in other ways, I guess. And uh, if they there was ever anything that they weren't comfortable with, I don't think I would, I would share it or... And I am very sensitive to it. There's a lot that I don't show and there's a lot that the music videos don't say. You know, I I try to keep it as like watchable and as like you know family friendly as possible in in many ways. And and you know, if I think if I was to go more detailed into the stories and stuff, that then of course I would definitely have you know again these conversations with you know my family and the people whose stories I'm also telling and make sure that it's a hundred percent okay with them that we tell the story. Um, I think as long as the message is always because I want to help other people that have been through the same thing or are going through the same thing right now, I think they'll always be on board with it. Do you have an album ready to go? Almost. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be a debut, right? Yeah. Big deal. Yeah, very big deal. Kind of crazy. Never thought. Well, I did, but I also didn't, you know. Like, you believe it, but you also don't. (laughs) Do you have a date in mind? Um... No. <laughs> They're like, no, you've said too much already. <laughs> well, for now, listen to Kian's entire discography, whatever's out there in the world on Amazon Music. Plus, we're going to put a link in the description so you can watch that music video. You good? Uh, does the success of I'll Be Waiting change up the plans moving forward, or you just kind of stick to what you've been doing and roll with that? Um. Ooh, that's a deep one. I don't know. Does it change up the plans? I guess it's when you're at the beginning of your career, it's just like you don't really know. You're just like putting songs out and seeing what works, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think you like All For You, it taught me a lot and I'll Be Waiting taught me a lot. And I think, you know, I know sort of roughly the songs that I want to put out next as singles or whatever. And I think... Uh, yeah, probably more like lays out the road of like this is this is what I'm gonna do and this is how I'm gonna do it. Exciting. Mm-hmm. We'll be here Fair. and that catch will be waiting for you, so come back. Amazing. Thanks for having me. Kian, appreciate you. Pleasure. Thanks for hanging. Thank you. Woo. Yo, beautiful human, you made it through our conversation with Kian DeGrow. Thank you so much to him for hanging out. Big thanks to GoPup for sponsoring it, and big thanks to you for hanging out. Really appreciate you. Now, please subscribe to our podcast, share with those you care about, and let us know who you should talk to next at Sex Sang Show on any form of social media. Be safe, hug your family if you can, do not go to jail. Remind uh, your loved ones that you love them. I gotta go. 
I'll talk to you soon, though. By the way, today's episode is made possible by a few incredible humans, including our executive producers, Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zola, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rodensky. Our senior director, Toby Lawless. Our associate producers, Eve Bishop and Claudia Villarreal. Our music is by James Asciutto. Our editor is Camera Carlos Gomez. Our sound mixer is Daniel Chavez-Crook. Our post-production manager is Caroline Rude. And I'm your host and executive producer, Zach Sang. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'll talk to you real soon. <laughs>